Do you want to connect with the gifts of your soul and embark on a spiritual path that has meaning for you? Become your own mystical muse with the help of Elena Chapman in this illuminating podcast. Listen in on thought-provoking conversations that will help you discover meaning and fulfillment in this chaotic and harsh world by blending modern scientific understanding with the teachings of ancient sages and spiritual masters. Conversations that will help you find your special gifts and gain insight into the spiritual world's countless advantages are coming your way. And they promise to be enjoyable, open, and free of judgment. Let's start this enlightening journey with your host, Elena. Welcome to Mystical Muse for that essence in your spirituality and those wonderful journeys. I am so excited today. We have an incredible guest who has, well, let's put it this way. He has gone into psychology and he helps people all over the place. I'm going to read his bio because it's so fascinating. Now, how do we take our, you know, that's blending the science with the spirituality, you know, the mechanics of the brain with the soul. How incredibly fascinating is that? And I'm very excited about this. So this is Faust Rogerio, and he's a professional, well, his professional career of his psychology spans 40 years, and it's diversified and compelling. It has consistently established new and exciting cutting edge counseling programs in its pursuit of professional excellence and personal life enhancement. And I'm not kidding, this is very true because he offers a very unique way into the spirituality too, through the mind. He is a published research author, clinical trainer, and a therapist who has worked in settings that have included clinics for deaf children, prisons, nursing homes, and substance abuse centers, inpatient facilities, major corporations, both national and international, and as the president of Community Psychological Center in Bangor, Pennsylvania, he has done much, much more. In that capacity, he developed the Process Way of Life Counseling Program and has developed it into a format or a formal text presentation in the Fix Yourself Handbook. <laughs> I love that. Just fix yourself. <laughs> with that, let's begin our conversation with Dr. Faust. So Faust. I am so happy to have you here. And I know that with everything, we always start out with how did your spirituality really start? And you have taken, what I'm really excited about this interview, I wanna tell people right off the bat, is because you chose a very interesting field um, to take it into and you kept the, it more personal, your spiritual growth, which is very cool. I don't get a whole lot of people that do that. so. First of all, how did it spark you and how old were you? Because I think you were young, weren't you? I was. Elena, first, thanks for having me uh, on your show today. I I, it's a thrill to be here. 
And, uh, you know, as far as that's concerned, I was raised in a family of faith, uh, you know, brought up a Catholic and went to church and did all those kinds of things. Uh, never really lost that, you know, that connection with, with God, with my spirit, uh, never really lost that. Um, it's probably the underpinning for everything I do that, you know, people talk about psychology, the, you know, the science of the mind and all that kind of stuff. But if you remain uh, connected to your core, to that spirit inside you, I, I always talk about, then it's a, you're able to move that outward. And I, I think that's, you know, when you talk about why I did this, I think that's what drives me that, that, you know, that spirit, that, that, that connection to the deep parts of me. And then you use all the tools that you're taught. And as you get older and you're in the business long enough, you know, in the profession long enough, you then, okay, now you've, you've acquired the tools and the skills, but in the meantime, you know, I'm doing this 43 years and every person that walks in that office is a whole new, wonderful experience, you know, and that's the way I look at it. So, yeah. you know, it's a driving force for me. You know, it is funny because no matter what our spirituality, um, it comes out. I remember when I was speaking, I was speaking in Los, I had this speaking run. I was in Los Angeles, San Diego, down in Las Vegas, and I was just doing this run in the, in the Western part of the United States. Anyway, so I remember getting off the stage and I was teaching mindset. That's what I was teaching, you know, how to better your business, how to do, you know, and, uh, they, this woman came up to me and said, I want to talk to you about spirituality. And then another person came up and said, I want to talk to you about spirituality. I think when we have that core, as you speak, you know, that wonderful core inside, it shines and it comes out no matter what you're doing. Do you find that it comes out in your therapy? You know, as you were talking and you were saying the woman came up to you, what went in my head is just what happens to me. It, it doesn't shut off doesn't matter what we're talking about, they feel it. And anyone who's either uh, is working with their spirit or is uh, involved in that part, once that connection, they're going to pick it up right away. The rest of the people will know there's something there and they may still try to, you know, to, to, to push the intellectual part, but they know there's something else there. They can't quite identify what it is. So that always comes through. You know, we we don't, it doesn't shut off. That's that's what it's not supposed to, I don't think. No, I don't think so either. It's the light inside of us. And I think it is what people and people are craving it now more than ever, you know. And I think it's important for us to shine that light. So uh, you spoke and I brought it up in your bio that you had a mom that was so powerful in your life. Can you talk? Because believe it or not, like for me with my and for many that I interview, when our spirituality comes, but we were taught to hush, hush, hush. It wasn't like it was, um, well, reinforcement by any means. It was definitely you, your imagination is too wild. You are thinking of awful things. You're not in line with stuff, whatever. But you had the opposite. You had someone that really fostered it in you. It sounds like, am I correct? Yeah, she did. And and not in a real verbal way. You know, we went to church and there was prayer and those kinds of things. We went to, you know, a, a Christian school in the early goings, uh, you know, in the formative years. But we had a, you know, a tragedy in the family. My father had a stroke when he was 42. My mother was oh, 40. Wow, that's a pretty so debilitating good. thing. So, you know, and, and it's almost a little humorous to me as I watch people raising their fists and the 
the feminine flag and the whole thing because they're talking about strength and women's strength. I had the strongest woman that I've ever known who never ever came across as such. You didn't you didn't look at her and say, "What a strong person." It was just again that undercurrent there all the time. Uh, I you know, and I and even after years later after she passed, people would say, "Your mother always had that thing, you know, that when we talked to her, we could just feel calm. You felt like, you know, all the all the right things were in the right place. So, you know, when I talk about how I've developed in that that spiritual part of me, I can always I, I don't do it consciously, but I can always go back and say, well, mom did this. She was she was a tower of strength that you never defined at the time as a tower of strength. You just did it. You plugged yeah. in and you went. And I think that's what faith is all about. And that's what uh, uh, be our spiritual about you don't have to consciously say well gee what am I connecting to every day it is just there it's inside and it powers everything that we're doing yeah yeah it does and it, and it gives you that calmness inside too mm -hmm. and that's what she had that calmness that's what everybody mm -hmm. like as a man thinketh James Allen he talks as a calm tree you are the calm tree that everyone comes to and that's exactly what your mom sounds like because she just had that presence because of her faith you can't have it if you don't really have faith it, it's it's a, a whole if you don't have it yeah you know and I think you know we talk about faith I talk about it a lot even in the the books I write I write them as journeys so when you get to the point that you start with conflicted and confused and anxious or depressed or whatever, and you run through what I'm studying uh, in, in the books and in my teachings, uh, I'm always coming down to that point. That is the highest order of humanity, that, that that spiritual part of us. People like to cast that off. I think they take, they put a ceiling on their life that, that doesn't need to be there. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, you know we're physical, <laughs> we're intellectual, we're emotional, and we're spiritual. You can't just take one of the four and say, well, won't do anything with that part of it. Now you now you lost you know what you know what looks like twenty five percent of you but it's actually more so you know uh, you know that core is what powers everything that we do so I always tell people you start with this but you, you and you don't just try faith on either you're going to dive into it and say okay I'm going to give this thing all I'm going to see what this is all about I'm going to stick with it and then when you do you start to realize you're becoming more powerful. Well, you would because you're connecting to the power. It's yeah, common sense. It's not rocket science. And it is. You you are connecting to the power, and you become the power. And that's what it's all about, you know. And it's it's very. I do think um, with with everything that you had as a young man, and then you chose it's psychology. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. And therapy. Yes. Now, what led you down that road instead of maybe more of a teaching more of the spiritual, becoming something in the spiritual world? What linked you? What what set the fire that psychology? I just think that's back to the spirit. I think you know, for me, again, I'm a person of faith. The Lord has a path, and and I it wasn't like I didn't want to deviate. You know, I. Uh, <laughs> was getting into some of the more dramatic arts and things in, in college, directing things like that. I thought oh, really? Really, I would go there. Yeah. And then I, that, then I, you know, it started to go and it was like something would pull me right back. And this kept on going for years and years. And I've had two opportunities to get into this as a, you know, as a professional and just kind of went with what I'm doing. It was, it was there. It, it was in me from the beginning. And yeah. I was the kid that 
You know, I might, I might sit down and have a, I meet you and have a 10 or 15 minute conversation. I may walk away forgetting your name and I probably would, but I will pick out everything else in the world, yeah. you know? And, and, yeah. and even now today, when I do initial intakes, people say, I don't understand how you got all that. I've been to 10 therapists and nobody pulled all that out in a half hour. It's just where my mind goes. It's just how I connect with you know, other people. I connect, you know, people like to connect on an emotional level and that's fine, but I'm more intellectual, spiritual. And then once I get that going, then the emotions have their say. And then, you know, because I think sometimes the emotions pull us in directions that uh, aren't yeah. too accurate, you know? So I like right. to get that, the spiritual the and the intellectual in first and then give my emotions their say, but then they're based on facts and they're based on some, on real uh, you know, strong uh, positions of power rather than have them just directing the chaos. Yeah, I do. You mentioned one point that I really found very fascinating that you love to watch people. You find people fascinating. And uh, it sounds like you are a good listener. I find that even in my own practice, it's what they, they, it, well, when you watch people, you find it's not what they always say. It's, it's something about them. And I bet you might be the same way. If you like to watch people, I bet you see more than what meets the eye and what they're saying. We always do. And, you know, I, I have to say, I've never met a person that didn't have something special I can connect with. Either right. they hit it or sometimes they had no idea it was there. They were beaten down for so long or more often. And as we see today is they're basing everything they do on their external representation, what the world is telling them, what the world, what they're trying to plug into that world out there and they have no idea it's, it's, it's like you know a, that's a, such a, an abyss out yeah, there though. yeah no? a client I, I, used to, I used to see said they're all trying to lead the parade but they don't know where the parade's going you know and so you lose yourself in all of that and then you try to to somehow identify with something uh you know so people don't understand who they are when i tell them i'm seeing this and i'm seeing that what do you think about that they say I always thought that, but then I thought maybe, no, that wasn't the case. And I said, well, if you thought it, if you felt it, it was probably there. You just didn't develop it. You didn't go in and get it. And I yeah. tell people all the time, everything we need already in here. We just piled all the garbage on top. We have to go learn how to access, access our strengths and then develop them. It's not that difficult, but it takes time. It's a process. And, and the other thing I tell them is there's no destination. You're not going to get to a point where you say, great, I've arrived. I feel wonderful. My whole life is where I want it to be. It continues to evolve every day. Enjoy this process of making yourself who you want to be. That's that's the key to this whole thing. Have fun creating. And it, it is the key. It really is stopping. I know that, well, I just raised three boys and uh, my last one now is graduating. We did pretty well, but um I have to say, I saw a lot of their friends. My gosh, my middle son's girlfriend when he was in high school just committed, she just died of a fentanyl overdose. I mean, the girl was beautiful. I mean, she had everything going for her, but she got caught up in this out here. She got caught up in everything out here and approval, that's what it is. It's all the approval for you comes from outside of yourself. And I see it more and more and more. Are you seeing since COVID and everything, are you seeing more young people with that kind of um, getting lost in it? Because it creates a void in them. 
you you know that I'm talking to the choir right here, but the, it, it creates this thing because the world out there is is can be hard. It can be very critical and judgmental. And if you're absorbing that and you don't have anything to buffer it, you don't have you, you know, you don't even know who you are yet. You're only 18. God, it can crush you, you know? Uh -huh. And it does. And, you know, since the pandemic, absolutely. But there, it, it's a twofold thing. You're right. Everything out there and what it's trying to do to define people. But we've lost our identity at home, too. Parents pulled Explain away. Explain that. That's important. Yeah. Par parents pulled away. Parents have their heads. You know, they'll come in and they'll say, my example, I had one last night. My my son is on that cell phone or his computer five hours a day. A son who was 16 said, stop. He did one of these and said, you're on three or four hours a day. Now she tried to justify and say, well, I'm doing, no, no, she says, no, you're not. You're watching YouTube films and you're watching, uh, uh, you know, all those little uh, things that all the rest of us want. So the the parents have become disconnected, yeah. Or or they uh, take them to their sports things and feel that that's a connection. That you know, driving them there and watching them practice and then driving them home is not a connection with your kids. It, no. You know, it, you know, you're no. Glorified. They think that's true. I was just talking to someone yesterday. She she goes to every single game and every single practice. Okay. I wasn't the good mom. I couldn't sit through your practices, <laughs> but I'll tell you what, I was there picking you up. We had, we would talk about everything, the game, the school day, and then we would go get an ice cream or something and then go home. You know, we would just, I do that part of it, but I couldn't sit in those bleachers. It drove me nuts. Right. Exactly. And you know, I did the same thing and I coached them a little things, but the key I always ask is, do you know them? Why are they out there throwing all these pronouns onto their names? Why are they doing all these things to try to find who they are? Because yeah. obviously there's no identity for them at home and there's no identity in the real world. Everyone's all over the place. And, and, and going back to the spiritual part of it, that whole thing with the pandemic pulled everyone out. The media grabbed it. It was shock this, you know, grab yeah. them here. And they all played into it. And now we have this critical society that is abusing each other over and over again, the, the social pressures and, and, and the antagonism and all that. Uh, so what you're getting out there isn't even positive anymore. What we're all no. doing, adults included, is going after each other. And, you know, there we get to that, that language thing, that, that positive language we should be using. We're not right. using it out there. We're not yeah. using it out in our own brains. Everything's negative. If you live like that, I just wonder, I keep asking people, how do you feel every day? You've got to be angry. You have there to be is. full of anxiety, resentments yeah. and everything else that's going on, you know? And, yeah. you know, I try to get them to slow down a bit, catch your breath here. Let, let's talk about, you know, what kind of changes you want to make. Let's let's get the junk out of your life first. That's you know, how so has because you see, you see problems, you see people with problems, basically. And um, probably why I didn't go into them. Well, I see them too, I guess, but not as much as you do. But and, and I have to say, how has that helped your spirituality? How did that further you on your journey of your own personal spirituality? Two steps. The first one is, I've never strayed from it. So it's a nurturing thing. Oh, I'd like and, to hear more about that. That's important. You make a decision about what's coming in 
and how it's going to affect you. I always, I talk about, you know, spirituality as, you know, again, the spirit inside you, humility, gratitude, uh, wisdom, all those kinds of things are all associated with spirituality. So when something happens, I don't go, I say, okay, you know, and I'm connected with the spirit. For example, um, someone I know lost a son two weeks ago, 17 in an accident oh, wow. yesterday. And this was, so I saw them yesterday, right after that session, the next one comes in and says, her brother died the night before, very close. And these are back to back. And then I had another tragedy the third time around. So, you know, and my wife will say, how do you, you know, how do you do that? And I just say, I'm in keep, keep the spirit going. And it's like, uh, now when those things happen, I get to feel like this little tap on my shoulder and the Lord's saying, okay, we're up, let's go. And then I'm right in the flow. What are we doing in here? What is it that, uh, yep. Cause now I'm in action mode. I'm in uh, now, now all those, those humility and the gratitude and the wisdom and, and all those things can come out. Now, all those, that action stuff where I say, let's look at the plan. What am I, what's my first move here? And then, you know, the empathy comes out and the sympathy wow. and the connection yeah. really grabs, but the spirit never lets loose. If I'm going to emote and go, oh my God, I would have been out of this 20 years ago. But, yeah. you know, uh, I can honestly say that at this stage of my life, I'm still do, I'm still responding the same way as I did before. You know, at the end of the day, we're sitting down and we're relaxing and talking and you know, I says, are, you know, what tough day. And I said, well, yeah, for them, for me, I just, every time you do this, your spirit says, well, we can, number one, yeah. let's get the plan. And then when you do it, you say, okay, maybe we only moved a quarter of an inch, but we helped someone begin the process of healing. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. That's really, people always, that's very true. When you are working with people and you're being of service and you know it's coming from a deeper place inside of you your spirit your soul and you are sharing it you don't get tired it's amazing it takes a lot to get tired because it's it's like a bigger when we serve that's why we're here it's, we're it's here exactly why, it's why i've always said it that's why i'm here and that's, and when you are here and we, we are, and we have forgotten that, but yet that is where our soul comes alive. That's where, that's where all the power that we have within ourselves can shine and come through and help. That's where divinity even works through us. And when we don't, you know, we're so wrapped up in, um, we've forgotten the service. And that's, that's where I think we have our biggest strength and that's where the calmness will come in too i i've always seen um, my boys for one i always said when they were getting into this problems with school or or just with friends that kind of thing i'd always say hey why don't we uh volunteer some time either you know at the animal shelter or at the nursing home up the street that's very open and once they got out of themselves everything sorted itself out we have to get out of this illusion of what we think our world is and and start to serve that's where our strength is you know people i think we just have the the, the wrong interpretation often of what spirit is i can give you that whole day yesterday and someone might say my god i'm exhausted at the end of the day but keep in mind what we said you are connecting to the most powerful source in the world yeah. spirit 
if you're connecting, the batteries are constantly recharging. They're, you're not drawing and emptying. The batteries continue to recharge, so you continue to get stronger. So a day like yesterday, when it's done, I'm not telling you, I'm saying, oh, man, what a great day. I'm saying we did well. I feel good about what I did. Sometimes, lots of times, not just sometimes, so, uh, I will do that, and I will connect with someone that turns this little light on in the back of my mind. So I said, mm, that's interesting. Didn't think about that before. Yes. So, you know, I always say wisdom is the, the, the student who never relinquishes studenthood. So right. if you're willing to keep on learning, that's how wisdom keeps on developing. But when we yeah. get to the point that we, you know, I have a lot of colleagues that say, yes, I've been doing this and I know, come to me, I know what, uh, what you know, I'm going to fix you. And they, they stop learning. Well, yeah, I don't want to go there. I mean, no, I don't want to go there either. No. And, and they're also missing the greatest gift because it is when you're helping someone else, like you said, and then you learn something new. That's the gift right there. You know, it opens your mind even further and, and evolves the soul within you. It it's, does. And as you pick up that little piece, what you think is that big, what you didn't realize is it goes back into the soul and it connects to everything in there. So what started as this big is now huge because all of it got nurtured again. Yes. Yes. So you, we keep on getting stronger yeah. as we do. We this. get stronger and stronger. Yeah. And it is that giving and then receiving. And it, that's what it's all about. I do think we have a lot of people who um, think they know all the answers and they stop. What that happens is they stop listening. And that's a very sad thing. It's a, there's even an old thing about the learned will continue to learn and grow. And the ones who are all learned, they will, they will go by the wayside. And that, I really murdered that quote, but that was a good quote. <laughs> and it is, because you, know, you, you, you essentially said, I have now arrived uh, and you've, again, the statement says, I've developed my ceiling. I have now stopped learning. So when, Stop and, and, but the world we live in is dynamic. It never stops changing. If we stopped. really believe we got to a point where we know everything or know enough that we don't have to keep learning, now the world progresses beyond us and we are no longer functional, yeah. you know, so, yeah. and for ourselves and for anyone else. So I just mm -hmm. think you keep on plugging in. I have, I have kids that come in and they're 10, 11 years old and they leave. I said, I never thought about that one. Or, oh, yeah. or, or they're so involved in the world that, you know, I'm at this stage of my life, I wouldn't even think of getting involved in that, but they brought it in and turned on another little light for me. Yeah. Yeah. And now, and when it does, the other thing it does is when, when I do that, it gives me a little connect, a, a better connection to where they are, which yes. now, which attaches to all that stuff that I've been growing. So they get yeah. more of me. Yes. And I have found that with my boys. It's really funny. It's not, uh, if we're at dinner and just because it's just us and one of them says, I'm listening to this video. Do you want to hear mom? I always say, Yes. Yes, exactly. And then I find out my kid's not playing all the time, but he's listening to philosophers and he's all these complex things. I learn about what they're doing and then I can relate better. And I think you can use social media as a way to learn about your child. It is, it is, or what they're into when they're in their teen years, because they get very quiet. 
And so when you can use it as a bridge, that is not such a bad thing, but it's when you let them just hide in their rooms and you hide in yours or you're at the meal and you're all on your own phones, that's where it gets dangerous. But when, you know, you're within the field that you're in, you're dealing with some stuff that is pretty heavy too. I know that drugs have been up, you get addiction. How, uh, I mean, I know that you're in a therapy situation and I know a therapy is different than teaching spirituality, but I also know spirituality will shine through. But with addicts, how, you know, there's a void. I mean, that's the utmost void inside. There's an emptiness there. How, how are you able to get them to um, fill it, basically? How do you get them to see that it is empty to begin with? The first thing I do, particularly with addicts, and I, I'm certified in addiction. I've been doing this. I mean, I've done it in clinics. That's a hard one. And the whole deal. It's, it's the hardest one because the first thing you've got to do, really, is to pull them away from the drug. Uh, you know, because their minds aren't going to be thinking, you know, uh, no. so, you know, you, and usually you'll find that happen as they begin to bottom out when they start getting to the point that they're saying, I don't have any place to go. I'm losing all these things. I lost the job, the money, the, the, this, the relationship, the kids, whatever it may be. Uh, then they're willing to listen. Then I might say, we might need a rehab or whatever is in the picture. And then we can start working on that. And that, and that, believe it or not, is the easier part of it. The harder part is the psychological damage they did to themselves and the disconnection from the core. Because when they stopped doing yeah. the drug, the drug became their go-to. Uh, their, yeah. their essence was no longer the go-to. So Relief. when they right. stop, there's a void. Yeah. And it's easy. It's sometimes hard to go within yourself. And your head is so busy. And you're so filled with the crap that's out there in the world. Yeah, it's very easy to pop the pill or to smoke the whatever and, and just put it away, just go away. And it's easy, but to go inside, that's harder to do. It's harder to shut off the mind, you know? Yeah, it, it, I get it. It's that, and we are not good truth people. That's the other part no, of it. You know, we, we want to create the truth and we then do. go look for substantiating information to make us feel like we, we were okay. You know, and I always tell people, you don't have the conclusion before you hit the truth and get the, the facts, get the information that will lead you to the truth. And yes, it will make you feel uncomfortable. But once you learn to deal with it, it gets easy. Something comes in and you're, you're not, you know, you'll, you'll go right away and say, I'm defending on that. Or maybe, you know, I'm pushing that aside or I'm compartmentalizing all the games that we yes. play, not to, not to face who we are. We we are not horrible. The, the truth is not horrible. All you have to do is be willing to look at it. And, 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 and that's all it really is. That's, that's a big part of what I do with people. Is yeah. They'll come in and they'll give me the rationales for things. Well, I feel like this because. I said, well, that's interesting. That thing outside there made you feel this way? <laughs> it was an event. It had no control over you. Yes. It had no life. It's dead. What are you feeling? Let's talk about you, not the event. Let's not say that's, you know, that's a triggering mechanism. Okay, it triggered some things, but why did you run with it? Why could you not turn it off? Let's talk about that. That is so good. Yeah, that's exactly what they need to hear. Mm -hmm. I don't think people really do think what is, and, and they don't even have to be addicts. They, they're just everyday people. They think the world is 
what it is. It's reality. It's and and it's happening to them instead of it's just happening. And it's we are the ones who are in control and how we determine how to act or be or think, right? And uh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's exactly the, the way it is. We have more power than, than, but you know what? With the facts, with the, um, the realization of the power comes accountability. Okay, I got this and it probably needs to go this way. I don't wanna do that. That quick fix is gonna make me feel good right now. Problem is the quick fixes never end. And you'll continue to do that and there'll be collateral damage. And you know, it, it quick fixes, I always say it's the credit card way of doing things. You, yeah. you bought that thousand dollar item that you didn't have the money for. Oh good, I got it. You felt no pain, no nothing. And then the bill comes in and you say, so now you make your minimum yeah. payment. And by the time you're done, you paid 50% more than you should have paid. And yeah. that's what quick fixes are all about. Are you willing to run your life like that? Because along with that quick fix comes a whole lot of stress and anxiety as you have to go and pick up the pieces and do some things. So why not establish a nice, slow, little step-by-step -step world where you focus on your facts and you consistently give yourself an, uh, the, the nurturing you need. And yes, there'll be accountability, but that accountability is not rushing. It's freeing. It, that's the thing about accountability. Once you do what you're supposed to do, you don't have all the other garbage that goes along with, yeah. with your decisions. Exactly. Talk about freedom. That's, that's what it's all about. That's what's freedom. But we look at freedom as I get to do what I want, the way I want it, when I want it, because I'm the master of my own person. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, there's responsibility and it is, it is how we, how we act towards things. And you know, and I know that we, that can be anything that's good can be taken negatively and used negatively. But when, when we are in our own power, when we take responsibility for things and we know that our actions are what create our reality, basically, our thoughts and how we act forward, then hopefully we act with love and kindness and compassion. <laughs> but we don't always see that. People don't always open up to that unfortunately, in this time and day. And, and people don't understand how that is such an, I think that's a growth, a growth that people need to go through more and more. Now, as far as you, when, when did you find your own spirituality with all this? Did you ever find yourself in doubt? Did, did, did there ever come a time when you just kind of struggled a little? Oh, sure. Uh, you know, I had a, a cousin who, uh, when she was uh, passing from cancer, um, and she was a very, very spiritual person. And her and I talked many times about spiritual things. I said, uh, got to, at the end of her life, did you ever get tempted? And she said, yeah, all the time. The stronger the spirit uh, is, the greater the temptation from what she called the evil sources. Because if you're the person trying to tear someone down, and you want to get the person that's kind of weak and wavering, well, that's no big deal. But if you can get the one who really has the spirit, and take yeah. that person down, you accomplish something. So, right. uh, am I tempted? Sure, you know. But oh, I don't look. But I look at the temptation now at this point in my life as another way to say, okay, that looks great. But I think I just go back. To, I'll slow it down. It's the first thing I do when it, when I when I see it, and I want it. I say, take a step back. Look at this. Do you need it? 
Yeah. You don't need it. Do you want it? Is it making some sense? That whole process, that's the key. It's a process. It's a process. Go back in because you're connecting with your your mind. You're making things conscious, not automatic. When you do that, you have the ability to connect uh, to a a deeper level with your spirit. And yeah, yeah, so do I get tempted? Sure. Do I respond to them? Not often. They're empty. Not worth it. Well, they're empty. That's the thing. You know, they are. You know, it's sort of like eating your your uh, your your uh, Sunday loaded with all the crap, and now five minutes after you you ate it, feel crap. feeling's gone, and you get this thing in your stomach. You say, "Man, why did I do that?" You know? Yeah, so. yeah, it is like that. Yeah, I agree. It, you know, I think it, it when people are not in a place where they have really um, they haven't felt that wonderful source inside themselves, and they're trying but they just aren't there. We call it a uh, plastic spirituality. That's a term I've heard floating around. They think the uh, gemstone is going to give them the power. They think the, the everything outside themselves, they get the beads, they get the, and, and those are wonderful. I'm not going to say don't use those things. You know, there's a, the gemstones, for instance, though, that, that only mirrors back. It, 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 it takes energy from you to build itself to give it back to you you know like we're supposed to do with people but they I, they don't understand that and i it's because they are having trouble with this getting inside understanding their own soul their own spirit within them and i don't know i had it very young too so it's not something that a lot of people have and other than just getting quiet and looking within, which is hard for a lot of people. What would you say? How do you cultivate that? Because it is a deep knowing that can take you through everything in life. But without it, it's then you're into the mundane and it's heavy and it's hard. So how do you define or how do you help or think about it so that people can do their own diving in. How can they find that? What's your opinion on that? You know, everything I do, uh, I, I make actionable. <clears throat> if, if, if people read my books, they'll see shorter chapters, five, six, mm-hmm. seven pages, packed with the yeah. information they need. But then at the end of every chapter, I say, do these things. I've never seen it in self-help. And when I was doing all, you know, design of the book I said no one's saying do here one two three four five six seven do them you know and then make it a reference book so they can go back and that's what I do with everything I do I say okay let's talk about this we're going to break it down to small steps because you know it's sort of like it if if you get out of jail and the whole world is out there you have no idea what to do with the whole world but if we say okay jail halfway house now you can live there get a job yeah. We're breaking it down into small steps. And the only thing they have to remember is to be consistent and do it every day. The human mind likes to learn. It's, it's driven to learn. Yes, the it human is. mind likes to have a, a routine, have a structure. So when it does that and you keep on repeating, the mind learns and it adapts. That's the key. And as it's adapting, it will continue to connect deeper and deeper. But the problem is you, you can't keep putting these interrupts in there. Well, I'm going to do this 
you know, and people will say, and I have my cheat day. I said, that doesn't make any, why do you need a cheat day? <laughs> you know, to fall back into old habits. <laughs> I, I'm going on a diet, but then I have Sunday where I'm allowed to eat. I said, well, that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, yeah. You're talking about a lifestyle change. When you ask, I, and I, I tell them, I say, you're looking at me or you're looking at people like you or people that we're out doing this. How do you think we got here? Do you right. think we charged the credit card up? Do you think we were doing all these quick fixes and that's what makes us happy? We are not, we're not straying off the path that we've created for ourselves. Right. Every, what is the first and foremost uh, idea in our minds is, I want to keep my connection. I want to bring everything in, bring it to that power source and feel, feel the peace and feel the freedom and, and the love. And I you know that's the other thing about love. Yeah. Say, what is love to you? And you know, they'll, they'll talk about relationships, the Hallmark crap. They'll do all that. I said, yeah. where does love exist? It's a, right. it's a thing of the heart. I said, your heart is a pump. It pumps blood. It's a part right. of your soul. That's where it is. You cannot. You can't get to the point that you love yourself or anyone else until you get yeah. to your soul, because that's where it exists. The rest of it's all make-believe. Yeah, it really is. And the soul is all about love. That's where it's from. You know, everything is love and understanding. And that's why you want to be more from there. Because then well, judgment goes. All the silliness goes away. You does. don't feel But we've, 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 we view love as emotional. Oh, that kind of thing. Love is power. Love is it it is power. Yeah, it is the most powerful source that we have. So we we get it inside. It, it increases again humility and gratitude. Gratitude, so that every little thing comes in, and we go wonder all yeah. the time, over yeah. and over. I can yeah. do that a hundred times a day, and I'll say to someone, "How many times were you grateful today?" And they'll look and they'll say, "Well, this happened." And I said, "No, that's not gratitude." That that is you got something and and then you feel thankful. Right. That's not gratitude. Gratitude is when it's inside and everything that comes in wraps it gets wrapped around. It's like the cloak yes. that and gets you yeah. and you in. That's where love is and it gets powerful and people cannot permeate that. They cannot get in there and beat that out of you, no matter what they yeah. do. You will, but you have to keep on doing it. And that's so. Where do you start? I always tell them start with your language. Start yeah. there. If you got to slow down, get some worldly things out of the picture. And everything you think, everything you say to yourself, and every word you speak to another human being, make it nice. Yeah. Treat them Especially and yourself, yourself with kindness. <laughs> Especially to yourself. It has to be you first. Yeah. Otherwise, you won't go outside. You will not. You will not. You'll revert back. And this, uh, I always hear this. It was a new term that I've heard uh, the dark night of the soul. And I have to say, in my spiritual journey, yeah, there's reflection. Yeah, and I did some forgiveness of myself for certain things, for others that I was holding on to. But did I think it was the dark night of the soul. Everyone says, oh, it's so hard. I, I've never found that. And I think that, again, that's perception. And if I know that I'm going to another level, that I'm evolving myself, why would I take it to the dark night of the soul uh, that's a dark connotation it, it shows I, I i our terminology even of the journey itself with this dark night of the soul is dark <laughs> <laughs> how do you put dark and soul together obviously I, they, they don't work 
No, you can't. So uh, yeah, I'm glad to see someone else agrees with that. That dark night. So listeners out there, my gosh, if you're using the dark night of the soul, you just delved into the worst place for your journey. It's not, it's a revelation. It's an opening. It's a a new world. It is like a flower that you're opening. You're not, you're not burying yourself. It's a big, big, yeah. We, we have a very interesting time. When you are, um, I mean, what is one of the biggest lessons you've learned from, say, an addict? With addicts, it's, it's about immediate pleasure. It's about the willingness to, to take that quick fix and make it's, it's grandiose quick fixes. You know, you, the, the drug yeah, just turns everything else off. And, right. and, 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 and the brain, the structures in the brain then change because addiction changes everything about the so brain. Hard. And yeah. then, and they're willing to, I mean, I have one that I'm working with now that's pregnant and back to cocaine. And uh, this is the second time around. And, uh, and I'm saying to her, what are you doing? And she'll say, what she's, you know, been through it long enough to say, when I get this way, not a thing in the world matters. And I will go and go and go until either I die or they stop me. Really? Yes. And, and, and conscious that that's what she will do. But they'll do it because they, they'll do every, it. They do not understand. They have no uh, comprehension whatsoever how to live life without that drug, whatever it may be. And do you think that's more biological or all? Or, or? It's both. It, it, emotions are there. The intellect, the brain, the neurological system is wrapped around that drug. Um, and and you know we talk about um, uh, the way the brain works, and we have habit formation where the brain adjusts to everything we're doing. So the, you said, okay, I'm going to put all these drugs in there. And the brain being an adaptive organ says, okay, if that's what you're doing, I got to figure out a way to make this work. So the brain adjusts. Now you say we're done. And the brain says, okay, now I have to learn all this other stuff back. But the difference is the quick fixes in my, in my brain. And I know all this pain, I can just do this and it's gone again. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's hard. Turn off until... They want to put all the effort into it. And that's the oh, key. Yes. You know, it, 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 people will say to me, why, why are people having such a difficult time working with themselves? And it's because what they've developed is resistance. There's a resistance factor. If I see, it's like the, you know, you're raising your kids. And, and, and same thing with mine. It was time to clean their room. And their mother would say, you're not going out until the room's clean. I'm not doing that. We'd go back and forth. And I walk in and I say, it's going to take you 15 minutes to clean this room, <laughs> 15 minutes, and then you get to go out. Or right. if you keep resisting and fighting your mother, where are you going to be tonight in your room? And guess what you're going to do before you're able to go out again? Clean the room. And the adult version, you can see it. I, I can tell people when people walk into my office and I'll say, we need to start doing this. And, and they'll go, okay, that's great. And they're tuned in good i got them or i get this oh, really and i say what you came here for help and i gave you a first step and you went like i just destroyed your entire world <laughs> you know i said i'm not chopping anything off of you I, we're, so we're just saying maybe don't do this as much and let's do this let's start moving in that direction they go yeah. forward and say, I'm going to have to give up all these things I like, and you want me to go do those things, and I have to work? 
You know, it was funny. Uh, early on uh, when I started, I ran into this person. Her ex-husband brought her to me and said he wanted to commit her. Well, of course he did. <laughs> but anyway, she's listening to him. And I sat with her at a coffee shop and I said, "Hun, you, you, she was turning to him for everything. I said, you've got to start taking a little responsibility. And she literally threw herself on the table and said, oh, that word. But she just wasn't willing to step into her life. She was not willing to do that at all. And there are some people, I just, they, they just don't see that that responsibility is their freedom. Just taking that step, because that is how you become you. That's how you find everything inside you. You don't do it by depending on somebody else or a system or a drug, right? It you can't. won't work. I, uh, nothing outside of us it's not going to work it has nothing to offer us you know we, we live now in the age of computers which has now been here i think we're coming on around 30 years so this generation these people that are 30 and under know nothing about a world without connectivity everything comes from the outside in we didn't have that growing up no I remember, you know a, a child growing up i was born in the 50s so by the 60s we had television with three foggy channels on it you know <laughs> like you hope the aerial could, could, could get this you know but I we laughed and we TV. played games and we were outside in the neighborhood and yes. and, and, and there was all this pressure these kids i mean i got one coming in now he's 13 and he knows more about what's going on in the political world than most adults do and i'm saying but that's too heavy be a that's kid yeah. yeah this is development time so there, there's so much pressure, yeah. it, it never turns off, but it's not only the pressure, it's the influence. You're connected always to the outside. We're trying to get them to go inside where 90% yeah. of their day, of their waking day, they're outside. Yeah. They're getting, yeah. it's hard. You know, and, and even adults, they'll come in the office and I'll say, please turn your cell phone off. Oh, but there might be an emergency. Stop. I was born <laughs> in an age when there wasn't cell phones. We lived. Yeah. Turn that off. You know, they'll put it face up and every time there's a ding, it's one of oh, these. Oh, that's things. so weird. I say, seriously, you're in your 30s or 40s. You're talking about the kids. You can't turn that off. I did a group where I, it was a, a group for a, a women, a women's group. I did and eight women come in and all of them with cell phones. And I say, we need to turn the cell phones on. Women are very bad with it. Yeah, I know. And I, and they, well, no, what if I said, stop all the what ifs? You're going to be here an hour. That's going to drop. Please just put them all hour. <laughs> Two really had a tough time. One went into tears. I said, I'm not taking really? your life, I'm taking your cell phone. And that's where they started. Then we, and I immediately, that's addiction. It is. And, and so, oh, yes, we are addicted to cell phones. And, absolutely. and I said, let's just do a session on why we feel this way about cell phones. We'll start that. I changed the venue and uh, the, the, the little treatment plan I had. And I said, okay, let's just talk about this. At the end of the session, they all walked out saying, I can't believe this is me. I'm, I'm getting everything I want from the outside. I said, it wasn't just texts. No, I have notifications on Facebook and whatever all the back so if you know someone yeah. liked my thing or i had i didn't want to miss if someone posted something and i'm at least 
pressing the button for light. I said, are you serious? You know, you see them, you're walking in stores and they're hooked up and they're bumping into people and everything is coming from the outside. We need to turn that down. There's nothing wrong with doing it, but put a governor on, on your life. Tell yourself, I'm going to spend a little time, maybe an hour tonight. That's, you know, I want to go. Do, that's fine. You know, yeah. it's like, it's like saying at the end of the day, I'll watch an hour of television, but yeah, turn on a movie. And then that's it. Disconnect there so you can connect here. Yes. You've got to turn it off. People don't understand that. You have to turn it off. And I think, you know, I, I, this always brings me back to my mom, okay, who was probably my greatest teacher in some things. And she was so scared of turning off the TV, which was like the phone. It's the same thing, folks. She wouldn't even know what was on the TV, but that TV was on every moment of the day in the house. And me, I, I don't even turn on the TV. We don't, I don't do turn on the phone. But my mom was the total opposite. And if you turned it off, even if you thought she wasn't listening, she'd go crazy, absolutely crazy. Not we, listening to it, but no, it's not there when it's not on. It becomes it becomes part of the way the brain functions. It's the cup of coffee in the morning. It's the, it, and and I see it all the time. Does it? Does it? I have a question here because I've always wondered this in my whole time. Does that TV or that phone actually? Because she she did have um, uh, depression and lots of anxiety. You know, <laughs> I called her one time. I said, "Mom, you have." you cannot control that. Why are you worrying about it? And she say, Elena, today I choose to worry. I said, well, at least you're being conscious. What do you do with that? But anyway, <laughs> but anyway, I always thought with the TV, just like with people with phones, it's taking away our thinking. In other words, the, what do people fear more than anything? being alone with their thoughts. Absolutely. Right? I call it, I, I write about it as auto being on autopilot. You just get, you get in and you plug in and the day takes you through everything you're doing. You make some minimal decisions here and there, but basically you're relinquishing control of your world to yes. whatever you've allowed. And if it's, you know, media and all those things and all those outside sources, they are now simply controlling what you do. And you'll see that People are responding the way they assume they're supposed to respond. Uh, but somewhere along the line, you know, people like to call this mindfulness. I don't use that, that particular uh, word, yeah. but it's yeah. being conscious. Let me get in my head and say, what is going on? What do I want to do? And that's, that's another uh, thing you start from in the beginning with people. At least I, I do. I uh, will say, let's think about everything you're doing. If you're yeah. going to leave here even though you know you're going home, say to yourself, okay, I'm going to go home now. I'm going to go on this route. They say, but I'm already going to do it. Make it conscious and do yeah. that in everything you're doing to start. Yeah. Because if you do that, when it comes to the bigger decisions and the things you have to do that affect your life, you'll have more control and you'll feel good about it. But this just plugging in and letting people don't Let want to exercise the energy that goes with conscious thought that no. makes you have to you know really work a little bit 
But in the end, you controlled every aspect of your day. People, I hear this all the time. I want to be in control of my life. And I say, well, then let's do it. But it doesn't only mean you get to pick the things you like. It's like when you turn 18, you say, I'm an adult. I can do it. No, honey, the uh, yeah. accountability and responsibility just kicked in. And yeah. you're going to do those things too. Then you get the other stuff. Oh, God, yes, it's so true. But that's how you get the freedom. I, I start a little bit more with the yeah, getting them in the present moment. I treat it as sacred moments, you know, and, and just really feeling it, connecting with a person. Connect with them. Don't be thinking about your phone, your thoughts or whatever. Really see in their eyes. Start connecting into the person who's there now. And then it does come to the, the, the decisions and being in the present moment. God, if we would just... If we would just start to open up to the present moment, like when you're driving, look at the clouds, look at the grass, look at the greenness, look at the contrast, look at the, you can do it anywhere. And when and, you do it, anxiety goes away. That's and it how does. And it does. But the, and the other thing is the person you're dealing with knows if you're not connected, if you're, if you're not connected to your kids, they know it. You and I, and, and for those of uh, you know, your, your viewers who may be watching this, they should be able to see that you and I are dialed into each other as yeah. we are doing this. If either one of us had something, you know, I got, I got to be there in 20 minutes. And okay. We'd be, we, we'd know it. We'd say, something. He wants to get out of here. She wants to get out of here. They're not seeing that they're seeing two people that could go on talking all afternoon. And this yeah. thing is, is just in, you know, we're dialed in. As I said, that's what you do with people. I always yeah people one person at a time i'm yeah. with you at this moment i'm looking at you i'm making eye contact i'm doing all the things i want to do so you see that you're important to me in that moment yeah. and then you do the same thing then you talk back you feel good when you feel good the conversation moves in nice exactly. places but it's all about all getting everything doesn't matter is gone and that's the most important thing right there too that's a gift in itself all and that work is gone yeah so, okay, my last question for you, and this has been a delightful interview, and I thank you so much. Um, now, what's next on your journey and spiritually? What well, do you, you know want what? to achieve? I, I, I'm still counseling. You know, I, 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 uh, I said last year, I think I'm going to kind of take the retirement and move forward. And then uh, everyone I, I knew called and oh. said, you're going to do what? And, <laughs> and, I, and I really wasn't serious about it. I knew uh, we, we, we sold the office and I moved everything back to, my, to the house. And I, I'm unfortunate to have a big enough house to do that. And so I'm still counseling. I'm writing. We're just finishing the second book now. The third book has already started. So uh, awesome. it's going to be a series of eight to 10 books, uh, lots of interviews, uh, you know, public speaking, those kind of things. Now, so in a nutshell, I'm taking it from the office into more of a world stage, if you will, and trying to grab as many people as uh, I can with what uh, with a system that I know now really works very well, while at the same time, you know, keeping my spirituality intact, me, my family, my faith, and my people that I counsel. So I, I didn't get to retirement age and say okay i think i'll slow down i just took on a whole lot of new things oh, and when the spirit inside when my lord says hey you're done okay then we're done until that time i you know I, he's given me the breath to do this every day and i fully intend to maximize all of them that's just yeah that's my fit. that's how you live life i think i did see someone was telling me you know that this uh retirement is just not real you just it's not it's not even healthy and it's not. It, because we are people who like to 
grow. I don't know. I don't know about you, but me, I, every day is discovery and every day is learning. And I love it. I love that chance to do that. And I can't imagine, I can't imagine just sitting and watching it go by. That just isn't what I'm about. And I do like, yeah, I can't ever imagine. I, well, we're neither one of us are in fields where we have to retire. I don't want to retire. I, I No, and I don't. And I'm, I like you, I, if something happens and there's a little piece of information, I don't know, I'm going to go find it. Uh, I'm too. not the guy that's going to sit down. I don't know how people do. A, a friend of mine says he had a little time in the afternoon. He sat down and watched a television show. I said, in the afternoon? In the afternoon? Said, yeah. <laughs> Another one's retired. I said, what are you doing? He said, nothing. I worked all it. I said, uh, I, to me, you know, that, that's completely wrong. You know, it worked, I, but now it's time to discover. I, I, I took to it down. I, I, I went from counseling about 50, some 52, 53 people a day to about 30, but I filled it with all these other things that I'm doing. Yeah. I said, I said, they said, when are you going to start enjoying life? I said, you missed it. I've been enjoying it all my life. I'm continuing and I'm upping the ante because I can. That's yeah. what I see the retirement. That's what I'm doing too, upping that ante. And also trying new things, you know? I've, I've even, not successfully yet, but we're getting better. I took up pottery and right now the wheel and I are not very good friends, but we are working on it and I will make a cup at some point. <laughs> Sometime we will be at peace, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, but uh, uh, that's the analogy. You you start something. It does. It's not supposed to flow properly in the beginning. It's no, a learning period. Yes. The only thing it requires from you is to say, "I'm going to keep on doing it." Okay. Yeah. You know, I I was doing the wheel. Boy, I just you know got my finger caught in that. You know, I I can't do this. Or you know what? That's or it flops. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm going to try. Yes, I spun and then it went down. You know, yeah, yeah. you're going to learn all those things, but that's a process. And, yes. and you have fun learning along the way. Yeah, the learning is where everything it. that's where you find out about yourself, not only about what you're trying to do. That's where you access new new pieces of that soul we're talking about. And, oh, I can do this. And if I do yeah. that and you can find peace in that learning process. If you're willing exactly. to treat that as part of the gift. Yeah. That's and that's what it is. The learning it process is. is part of the, it's it the is. best part of the gift. It's the gift. The yeah. end simply yeah. says, I got there. Now what? Oh, that's nothing. Right. Now I mastered wants that to one. listen just to the last note of the symphony. It's the Correct. whole song, right? Exactly. Exactly. So how can we find out more about you if we want to? Where uh, can just we go? go Go to my website, FaustRuggiero.com. Everything about me, media appearances, the book, excerpts from the books, all that kind of stuff is there. There's a contact link. If anyone says, gee, I'd like to ask him a question, I'm real good about getting back to people. So awesome. uh, feel they can feel free to do that. Awesome. Well, it has been a pleasure. And I do think you are well on your way in discovering new wonderful world and the soul is just going to soar. So thank you for being with us. And for everyone out there, if you are looking for this incredible part of yourself and you want to connect, check out Hello Soul also. That's my book coming out very soon and it's on Audible. And check out elenachapman.com. But until that day, guys, take a look. It doesn't have to be giant steps. I'm very big into baby steps. Just pick something and start stepping towards it. Maybe it's being in the present. 
Maybe it's taking control of something in your life. Maybe it's trying to meditate, you know, taking a walk in the woods. These are all big things and they're baby steps. That's all you have to do. Namaste, my beautiful friends, my beautiful souls, and thank you for listening to Mystical Soul. Thank you for listening to this episode. Let everything you take away from this conversation strengthen the inner compass that will lead you to a life of greater meaning. For more episodes that will take you deeper into yourself and bring you closer to the gifts of your soul, visit elenachapman.com. Learn to manage today's society full of meaningless distractions, unchecked chaos, and deep societal divide with the help of your mystical muse, Elena. That's it for now. 